0: Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Andrew. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Andrew. And welcome back,
1: Andrew. Thank you, Mark. We are on another Riesling. Yes. We both noted it's a little bit drier. Much drier. So we were talking about that feeling when you have a sip. Your mouth goes blank and there's no moisture in your mouth. <laughs> this has a sweetness that comes out though, too. Yes. So it's lovely. Lovely. So it thanks is. for having me this afternoon.
0: No, thank you. I think this was, was this the German one? This is one from Germany. The actually. German. German. The reasoning. Reasoning. Legit. <laughs> um, nice. Anyway, so now normally when someone's on the first time, I ask them about their mm-hmm. relationship with alcohol. You've been on before, so I've already asked you that. But Really, this entire episode, what we want to do is is take that short question that's kind of asked at the beginning of each episode and, and dive in deep because um, people's relationship, cultures, um, mankind's, I mean, I don't know, however you want to define it, relationship with alcohol. Penal codes. Penal codes. But, the law. Yeah, I mean, there is just so many, and it goes back to... I mean, just to throw this out there, I mean, some of the first, like, uh, recorded stuff, I mean, they have apes um, that are eating rotten fruit or fermented fruit mm-hmm. for this. I mean, so it's kind of been, you know, in mankind's genetics, um and, and many other species. I mean, birds will drink to get drunk or whatever. Um, wow. Again, on rotting I fruit. I did
1: not know that. Oh, you did not know no. that? Oh,
0: yes. If they can find some rotting fruit, they will eat it and and oh nip at it. And God. actually, you will have drunk birds. It's. I'm going
1: to get a pet bird, and I'm yeah. going to name it Lush.
0: <laughs> That's actually, <laughs> I like that. That actually works. <laughs> that totally works. I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, again, just there's so much to do with alcohol. It's such an integral part of many people's lives um religions politics everything so i mean it's like i mean and and there's probably so much more than we're ever gonna kind of cover on this podcast we may even have to do a follow-up or two or whatever we'll just see what happens but i would love to
1: hear future guests of yours and after you get some comments or feedback from the audience kind of where else to take this because i think this could be an evolving subject
0: i totally agree i totally agree because again we think it's been one hole on, on religion one hole on politics one hole on just the history, one whole—I mean, on everything. But for today, yeah, um, we're just gonna—we're just gonna kind of dive into uh, a little bit, maybe of kind of our thoughts and views and, and experiences, mm-hmm. and and maybe a little bit of other stuff, and and we're just gonna kind of see where it goes. So, absolutely. I, I just want to mention that when
1: when we were thinking about different subjects, and the unsophisticated palette has covered so many great things. I am just a curios, uh, The curiosity, in me, is ever going, and I just think about the relationship humans have with the substances that they use. And I mean, we can talk about caffeine. We could talk about when they start putting caffeine and alcohol together. Yes. Alcohol,
0: caffeine, and marijuana all (laughs) together. I mean,
1: the possibilities are endless in, in a good way. And bad, I guess for me, the most important thing is to remember that everybody has their own background. They have their own take and their own way of learning what alcohol was. Yes, And I want to be respectful to the audience because anything that we say is our own experience and our own knowledge. And that doesn't mean that someone couldn't change my mind about anything that we discuss. But I think that it's culturally looking at it as as just a, it's a social norm, at least I think in American culture, to drink alcohol as far as acceptability, mm-hmm. but being sensitive to anybody's religion, where they come from. And of course, it does inhibit your ability to have your normal motor functions and your thought process. So, being mindful and and I do care about people that have any kind of struggle with that.
0: So. Oh, and I one hundred percent agree and back you up on that because you're right. Again, this is this is kind of again our thoughts or takes on it, but everyone's got different. Again, religious, there's many religions, and actually, we'll go into this with with my background mm-hmm. that that um, alcohol is not a part of right. Wow. It's actually a taboo. Um, There are people who've had bad relationships with Mm -hmm. alcohol and, and I have some family members and great friends who are in that exact boat and don't do not drink because of it. So there's, there's a lot, 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 lot there. Um, But um, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up and thanks for mentioning that. And honestly too, credit where credit is due, this was your brilliant idea. (laughs) Um, Honestly though, because I, again, I kind of asked the question at the beginning and I never really thought much beyond that until you said, well, why don't we talk about this? And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, that that's there is so much there that that we just tiptoe on at the beginning of a new guest. Right. So, yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's take a deep dive. Yeah, I
1: love it. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot of this information. So we've got some great some great talking points just to kind of touch on. And I guess getting started with the history of people and alcohol, like you just said, animals in nature either somehow innately knowing or consuming it that could alter their their state of mind. I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, they say for apes, um, mm-hmm. the reason they do it is there's, there's, um, I mean, yes, it, it'll make, makes most, I think, animals that partake of it feel good, right? Mm-hmm. You, so you get that, but in the case of apes, um, again, they would eat the, some of the rotting fruit and there's the ethanol and again, the mm-hmm. fermentation mm-hmm. process going on in there. And they said that the reasons are, I mean, first of all, it has a strong... And this is all theoretical, of course. Got it. Um, but they think it's because it has that strong, distinctive smell, so it's easy to locate, mm. right? Um, we all know the smell of rotting fruit, and it can be smelled further away than a fresh fruit, right? So you can now locate it. Um, second, it's easier to digest. Um, it actually helps um, break down a lot of things um, in the... Um, Digestion process, right? Body, so it's going to help with that. And it also um, can add a lot of calories um, that actually fermented mm. process because it's bringing out the sugars mm-hmm. um, and really kind of highlighting them. And so it's doing that. And then also, um, there's a little of antiseptic qualities that will repel some of the micro- microbes that might otherwise make them sick.
1: You know, I have to mention because yes. growing up, having a family friend that just, oh, you're not feeling well, you need a hot toddy.
0: Oh my gosh. I've heard that so many times
1: <laughs> and I never really knew until I was older that a hot toddy incorporated alcohol. And did
0: you drink them then? Uh, no, I never did. They just, like did. They okay. just <laughs> talked about it.
1: And I was like, and I think about NyQuil that we all use today. Oh yes. And, and alcohol. I heard about people, the whole scissor, Oh, I've heard something about that. Yes. Where they're using a, it's like cough medicine. But it gets them messed up or, or high in some way or buzzed, whatever you must call it. Um, but then I think it's just about the NyQuil that we use when we have a cold. Yeah. And it's got alcohol in it. Yes.
0: Very it's, high alcohol content.
1: And there's got to be a reason that alcohol does something for our body. And, and not just in this case, feeling um, at an elevated state. But it, in some way, it helps us get rid of toxins or something.
0: Well, you know, there's numerous studies um, done. I mean... You know the antioxidants in a lot of the alcohol, the the, oh, re flavonoids or something. Oh, okay. I'm going to get that. Right, I, I know right. that's wrong. Something like that. There's something that's particularly in red wines or whatever okay. that that help um, regenerate yes. things. I mean, there is, and actually the um, in some of the history history anyway, if you will, um, the word alcohol actually comes from you know again the. the entomology of it, mm-hmm. um, goes all the way back to, to a, a mistranslation or mispronunciation ultimately of oh. water of life. <laughs> so alcohol was referred to as the water of life, and it was generally used in elixirs and medicines and and, um, and religions and stuff like that because of its healing or thought to be healing properties. And, and I think there are some legitimate yeah. healing properties in there, which science has shown. So, I that, know it heals me. <laughs> <laughs> it has been around for a long, 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 long time. Um, and then there's also just the whole social aspect, right? Yeah.
1: Wow. I think the ability in a social setting, whatever it is, wine, beer, spritzers, whatever your choice, it, it, it doesn't just loosen people up, but it's almost a placebo effect that if we're having drinks, there's, you know you're going to be able to relax.
0: Yes, yeah, it's like we're going to go and we're going to drink and you just know going along with that's going to be yeah. conversation, yeah. relaxation, Environment. And laughter, yeah, yeah. whatever. And, and you know what? You're totally right because for a large part of my life, I was a non-drinker okay. at all. and But I would kind of know if we were going to that event that I was going to have a good time. And that was partly because everyone else was slightly buzzed. But I, w- I would kind of get in that mindset where I'd just be like, oh, we're going to go do this. And I would relax and I would laugh a little more and I would chill a little more. So I think there's, it definitely helps. There's no denying that, yeah. that it's an, uh, uh, not inhibitor. What's the, or it, it, relaxant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Relaxant stimulant. stimulant. It, it, it breaks down your inhibitions. I guess Correct. the opposite of an inhibitor, but I think um, the placebo effect, but, the but it doesn't definitely it's there. definitely
1: there. I have to ask you, Mark, let's just jump into it. Tell me what, when do you remember your first, I would say, having alcohol, but then actually feeling buzzed or in a different state. And what was the environment? And did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah, no. So, I mean, I've got a very long and interesting history okay. with alcohol, if you okay. will. Very well, different put that into most people. Some kind of a <laughs> package and let's, let's hear it. Oh, you you don't want me to drone on for <laughs> hours? <laughs> well,
1: I'm not getting paid for this therapy session.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the short version. Of it. I'm doing so. uh, No, 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 I know too. I was actually raised Mormon, um, and so uh, alcohol was completely forbidden. Um, and and that actually, again, it can be a whole other thing in and of itself, but what I found interesting and actually drove my personal decision to continue to not drink long after I continued mm-hmm. to not practice Mormonism um, was one of the reasons they prohibited mm-hmm. it was because it wasn't originally prohibited, and they one of the... Um, early church leaders was Mm. sitting around and he was watching this room full of people smoking and drinking, Mm. um, and, and all these things and sitting there and in a smoke filled room with all these, you know, half drunk people and kind of realized like, this can't be healthy. This Mm. can't be good. And this is not bringing us closer to God. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's ultimately why they, why they made that decision. Um, so you know, that said, I mean, and, and again, I think there are health benefits. There's a lot of good things, obviously. Again, I've left that religion behind and I have fully embraced drinking. Your own spirituality. <laughs> my own spirituality <laughs> and <laughs> and the spirits themselves. <laughs> um, but uh, but again, I think that there is some wisdom in that. And mm-hmm. and and the, their reason for the decision they made actually makes sense in that context. Okay. Anyway, so that said, so, but when I was 15, mm my brother and i think we covered this in the episode on beer okay um my brother older brother threw a party um it was without going in again all the the, the same deal we went there then it was it was a it was our i was a house i want to say it was a four-bedroom house just on a regular block nothing sure. fancy my mom went out of town my brother threw a party it involved three live bands i want to say five to six kegs oh, wow. um we had i say we Um, because, again, I got sucked into the whole thing. It was his party, but I, of course, got sucked into it all. Um, But uh, But this was
1: was a Mormon household.
0: Yes, although um, we were given the option of whether we wanted to continue. Got it. um, Somewhere around about age 15. Oh, interesting. 14, 15, my my parents just kind of said, look, you know, you've hit this age. um, You're old enough to make your own decisions. Very sadly for my my poor mother, not a single one of us continued to keep going after Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so my brother had already stopped. I had already stopped by Mm -hmm. this point in time, but yes, the rest of the household had not. Um, and, uh, Oh, I was gonna say over 300 people paid to get in. Um, and you didn't pay to get in if you brought your own alcohol, (gasps) if you were a good looking girl, if you were a friend of ours, (laughs) you know, all the usual stuff. So needless to say, this was a very large party in a very small space. It might've gotten broken up by the police. Three or four times. Oh, I think the fourth time they came, they said, "We're not coming back." And if we are, you're going to jail. And that's when it finally got shut down completely. Anyway, that, all that at that party um, because uh, and let's be honest, I was heartbroken mm-hmm. over a girl uh, who didn't <laughs> like me. She liked another guy, whatever. So I decided I'm gonna drink, and that will that will show her, right? I mean, I I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I really. Don't know what I thought that was going to accomplish, but somehow in my head I felt it, it was kind of a way to, to to give life the finger and maybe also again convince her that I you know that I'm awesome or cool or need help. And I she don't was know. Attending whatever. the party? No. Oh, okay. I think she did show up at some point. Okay, um, but you'd be able to say. I have to check with her because I was okay. not you know enough still. to know. Remember? Oh, I yeah, yeah, we're still in touch. Um, years and years later um, and in and, and touch, meaning maybe once or twice a year. I don't know. At best, uh, actually, I think it's been, I think last time I ran into it was like a year ago at a grocery store. But can store, I ask you, anyway. if
1: you can put yourself back at 15, your thought process around me having beer or what it was at the time could some way make me appear or seem to be more desirable because I consumed alcohol. It's where does that come from?
0: Yeah. And and that's what, like I said, I'm having a hard time kind of voicing it. And this is the first time I've actually tried to voice it because I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. I think I just, probably culturally, you know, you see it. I've seen it in my brother. I've seen it in my friends. I mean, I was about, you know, I was one of the few, if not only, of my friends that didn't drink, that okay. didn't do that kind of stuff. other Outside of the church, of course. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't hanging around with anyone really in the church at that point. Mm-hmm. So... It's like, I, I, you know, I don't know whether it was just, it's hard to say where that came from um, and really put a word to it. But that is definitely what was going on in my head, right? I was thinking that, um, you know, and again, I I don't know why I thought that it wasn't going to make her come rushing to me. It really wasn't going to change anything. And it was surprised it didn't. But yeah, yeah, it did. It made me think maybe if I drink and get drunk, maybe it was just get her attention. I don't know. Anyway, so I decided to. And I drank way more than I should have. And then I threw up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, for well, the, body doesn't the use whole to rest. It. Oh, I drank for like two hours straight. Wow. And then I emptied my entire body and I was miserable. Um, and I didn't drink again for a long time after that. Um, and when I did, I didn't. Uh, the smell of beer would turn my stomach. Interesting. So I did not start drinking beer again, really, until the last couple of years. So that cured me off of beer for a good 20, 30 years. Wow. <laughs> right. A couple of decades there. Yeah, and then and then when I did drink, it was my my frou frou drinks. You okay. know, I love the sweet tini, lemon drops, ports. Right, <laughs> I still do too. And those are my things, <laughs> right? Uh, pina colada. I mean, whatever. Yeah. So it's like if it didn't yeah. taste like alcohol, I, I was in. But again, that was like a couple times a year at most, yeah. if that. Um, and then it was not until the last little while when I really actually been drinking the last maybe five six years. So
1: that's a whole other thing I want to get to is how your taste change in your relationship with alcohol. But I will just share from my own experience. Please, yes. I have to say, I have a very unique background in the sense of my direct parents and any close family members growing up, I wasn't exposed to any really what I would call bad behavior caused by alcohol. Did people over drink? Were there belligerent moments? <laughs> yes. But no one I had known growing up into my teen years had lost a job, a home, um, a marriage. Gotten into ugly fights. Ugly and, yeah. fights. I was not exposed to that. And and maybe that sounds sheltered. Or maybe my parents didn't tell me those things. Uh. I heard stories of family friends that at a bar, a guy was defending a girl. And he, he punched back a guy on behalf of the girl. And I never calculated that maybe he would have been... Drunk at the time, mm. but a really stand-up person in my point of view, defending someone's safety. But they happen to be at a bar, yeah. and so of course, and maybe
0: drunk, which may have, which may have inspired the whole thing, right? Yeah, and, and maybe he would have, he maybe he would have yeah. reacted different. Maybe they, maybe everyone would have yeah. reacted different had it been had somewhere it not else been in a park, there. In a, right? Yeah.
1: But that being said, him doing his weekend jail. I remember my dad a week
0: in jail for that. He had
1: to do weekend jail. And he would go on the weekends, and my dad helped him out and dropped him off and picked him up. So at it had to been bad. It was bad. It was. Okay. It turned. Into, there must have been a real altercation. Yeah. But the way that it was explained to me was that it was not alcohol being the driving force; it was the defense of someone, which is good, which is honorable and good. But I do wonder the influence in that situation. And so I remember that being one of the first times hearing a story about an incident at a bar, but not connecting that alcohol made you inebriated or an altered state of mind. Mm-hmm. So I found that to be fascinating as a kid. Now, I will share this. My dad never, ever said, don't go near my alcohol. Don't don't touch my beer. Oh. My dad actually let me smell and, like, kind of taste the top of the foam of a Budweiser as probably, I don't know, an 8 years old upwards to, like, 14 years old. The curiosity of me was there. He didn't hold it away. He of course didn't offer it, but he let me smell it. He let me understand it. I really didn't love the smell. I always <laughs> thought the foam was cool. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but as a young kid, I thought it was cool. Um, and I knew my dad was in a better mood after he had one. So that was interesting. Something. Okay. But yet he never had a problem. It was a one or two
0: beer thing. And so well, I have, and that could be like we're talking about too. I, I'm going to a party with friends, and and so I'm going to come home. Yeah. I'm going to have my beer, and I'm going to. Let it go. So like you yeah. said it could be just as much a placebo as right. anything else. So yeah, and
1: I just shared with Mark. I had a long week at work. I had one mai tai last night. Probably hardly had a buzz, but it just for some reason took this this edge. It made everything a little less worrisome, a little less stressful. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating that as humans, we have this relationship with different substances, depending on what you would call their legal category Mm -hmm. or their cultural category that we accept or don't accept the use. And I go back to, and I'll, I'll just preface this by saying I have an uncle and my grandfather um, were, were surgeons. So medicine, Western medicine coming all the way down to pain medication is absolutely something that was okay. And to be used. And I just think to myself, you have an altered state of mind, a medicine that could be a side effect but what it's doing is it's reducing your pain i don't know if it's working with the nerve endings or what it's doing but our relationship at least
0: culturally for me is
1: that if it's a
0: medicine
1: it's okay
0: yeah that's true i i had an, an ex who was very addicted to pain medications and in my head it took me a long time to realize that's what's going on because of that exact same thing it's a medicine it's okay and, and a lot of people think of alcohol as a medicine, even if it is just that stress reliever, even if that is just that. Let loose. Yeah. Let it go. Let loose either at a party or at the end of the day or any place in between. But that
1: 180 to the other side is based on some people's religion. Like you said, the Mormon basing, he didn't like that. It was not helping them get closer to God. It could have been damaging. There's another side, at least in America, where you could be judged For being able to let loose or being able to have a good time because you're using a substance to do it. Yes. But it's defendable if you're medicating versus not. Now, I'm not talking about addiction. Yeah. I'm not talking about what it can do to someone's life, losing a job or their family or hurting someone in a drunk driving or something. Yeah. But just the aspect of it and what we're facing now with marijuana in this country is there is a stigma and there are penal codes and laws, federal and state mandated, that completely either outlaw or, or and I'm talking about any
0: substance. No, and a lot of people self-medicate, and mm-hmm. sometimes to a good degree, sometimes to a bad degree, like with anything, right? Um, so I, I agree, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of that going
1: on. Yeah, and I mean, I, the one thing I wanted to mention was, I, I do think because alcohol is technically a toxin,
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a poison. It right? is. Yep. <laughs> so
1: it, at its core, it can truly damage and, and eventually could kill someone. I want to mention this because it came up for me a lot in college. Um, I was not a drinker. I was not part of a frat scene or whatnot. But I remember researching and writing a paper for a for course. And it was, I think it was a sociology course. But the core of it was that a lot of colleges had outlawed alcohol being available, not available, On campus. I remember Mm -hmm. my campus had a bar. No, not hard alcohol, but beer and wine. But then this article that that came out, I think, of one of the students that wrote a paper, and and it really resonated with me because I had written my own similar paper, was the development of teenagers going into college at age 18 and how they begin their relationship with alcohol, the development of their frontal lobe, their decision-making part of their brain, and how they're introduced to alcohol in... In the environment where they're away from their parents and some of their worries, and then they're dealing with making big decisions in their life about what they're studying in school, if they're doing well in school, and then their social... I would say, even am I fitting in, right? Yes. (laughs) And it's a huge, huge kind of time, and I just have this thing in my head of, I understand the scientific piece of your frontal lobe is developing and you don't have the best ability to make decisions... Does that mean that you should be prevented until you're age 21 from not trying alcohol based on a law or, or having built that relationship with alcohol, knowing what it's capable of, could you then fight against that frontal lobe development and already understand what it can and cannot do for you as a person so that you can make the most educated decision on your habits or your relationship? even though you
0: haven't finished developing. I think that is a huge key difference. Exactly. what You're saying right there between America uh-huh. and Europe. Yeah. Uh, you go to Europe and you know, it's not a taboo. It's, it's very similar to your experience. Kids, they'll get a little bit of wine yeah. in their glass at the table. They will, you know, they get to see a good responsible relationship with alcohol, how it can be good or bad. Yeah. Generally the gooder side. Gooder. The, the, <laughs> That's the second class of wine, everyone. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, the The better side of, of it, um, because the parents are giving that good example. They 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 don't have the drunk driving issues yeah. and things that we have there, because there's shame around that, and the parents communicate that. The community communicates that, um, and you get that growing up, and you kind of realize here's the line, right? Yes. And and here's where it's good, and here's where it's bad, and here's where there's danger, and and here's you know all of that. So. When I think when they go away to college, when they go do their things, you don't hear those stories, you don't see no. those problems, and I think that that is is key. It's, it's exactly we're talking about your 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 experiences, your engagement with it, and I think there they do it so much better than we do here because you're right we send these kids off to college expect them to not drink first and mm-hmm. foremost right mm-hmm. my kid's not gonna draw i knew mine were going to i knew they were yeah. i knew they were drinking in high school i mean <laughs> but again i had those conversations with them and and we had those kind of open conversations and i would before they were 21 i here you wanted some some of my wine you want some of this you want that and, and encouraged it and uh well maybe not encouraged drinking but yeah
1: but it's but, that reverse psychology aspect yeah. of this is not something you should be afraid of, but learn about it,
0: know yeah. about it. It's not a mystery. Yeah, and it, exactly. And, and it can be done right and proper. And I think, again, that that's, that's just something that, that, and I don't know how, mm-hmm. but that we could, would, and should do a lot better here. Because then you can have bars on campus and you can have, you can lower the drinking age to 10. I mean, I don't care what, right? And you're not going to have the problems because people are going to know how to use it and if there is going to be a problem with abusing it it can be identified early and addressed early right
1: and i will say that people that aren't exposed to it and then they learn about young people that have not developed their decision-making part of their brain then they're exposed to a substance that alters their decision-making part and maybe they haven't set themselves up for whatever event they're attending to have a ride home to have cab fare or an uber scheduled Or their friend that's that's sober that night as their drunk driver because they didn't think of these things because they're 18 years old. Right. (laughs) And so they haven't prepared and they don't know what the social norm is. And they may just go full force.
0: Yeah, And I knew my kids knew. It's like, you're going to drink. That's fine. But they knew that it was going to be in a safe environment with safe transportation, you know, all of those kinds of things. And that's why I'm like, you know, okay, cool.
1: I do want to mention this. and, And I'm being very forthcoming. I have never known a drunk driver and I have a real opposition to people that I, that I know that have knowingly drank too much and drink and they insist that they're okay. I, I have the same. And it really, it really strikes me. But that being said, I, I want to share. Um, I think I learned that lesson because my own mother has shared with me that there were times that in the old days, and I'm not <laughs> talking that old them. old. I mean, her growing up in the late 60s and 70s, people were able to go to a bar, no one stopped them on the way out, mm-hmm. and they, they drove drunk. and And all I can say is, in today's world, cars were not as safe, there were less people on the road. Not as much congestion. And speed limits were significantly lower as far as I my understanding. Mine as well. Does that excuse it? No. Not even close. Not even close. But I will say, we may not have had as many bad instances or heard. Heard of. of heard that, of that might it be the happening thing. because of the time that it was. And I guess maybe her being able to be so open and share that. Her admitting that it was so wrong. But that was the social norm that people did do it. Yes. So those education programs about driving under the influence, and every time I see one of those, at least in California where I am today, the signs that buzz driving is drunk driving. Yep. It is, for me, it doesn't bug me one bit. Nope. And it just makes me feel like people are making their decisions. You cannot now say, well, I didn't realize I was that drunk. You don't have an excuse. there's a must,
0: enough education out there that people should know and again i think it's that we need to make it much more of a culture of shame and and i mean that shame sounds so harsh but yeah. i mean i think that's really what it is so that people know this is a wrong decision because you're right in the 60s and 70s and, and a lot of what we people grew up with and or saw it was like it was okay yeah. and and that continues to to go on today even though i think everybody knows it's not yeah. okay they still There's not that that big,
1: dark taboo around it. It doesn't seem to be. And I'll just mention, so my background is in HR. And I've reviewed many people's background checks. Depending on your company, I have seen many people that have had DUIs. They are absolutely employable. They are employed. It's a blip on the radar. If they've done what they needed to do with the legal process, no one should bat an eye. Now, depending on if they're driving school kids... If they're a pilot of a plane,
0: absolutely. Or if they're on DUI number two, three, four. Totally agree. (laughs) Yes.
1: But but in general, people are people and we make mistakes. I don't like the stigma that alcohol means you're out of control. Because a lot of people have a healthy and easy relationship with it. Now there is the dark, 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 dark sides of this. But I guess I want to just congratulate the people that are, are, are minded in the moment of making their decisions. And they have tipsy toe, they have Uber. And I kind of wish that our own federal and state laws all the way down to, and this may say silly, send me these emails. If there's a establishment that has a bar and you're going to tow my car at 2am because it's been there after the bar closes and you know that car may have been left because somebody chose not to drive drunk, there needs
0: to be an exception. I agree 100% with that. And I just think That's ridiculous because you're you're encouraging them to get in and drive it because they don't want to have to deal with the cost and expense and and recovery of the car.
1: And they're worried about their car. They're worried about their car. And if they don't have that friend that can drive it home for them at that moment, and then they have to pay their three or four or whatever hundred dollars. And I'm not saying that's in every state or every country, but I just think if our society have some kind of understanding of these different situations as we bring in marijuana and other things that could come up that we have those stop gaps those those solutions in place yeah instead of just a free-for-all because i think that's kind of where where a lot of people got
0: hurt yeah i agree 100 100 yeah well before we wrap yeah. um We've got time here, but I want because you asked me kind of about my. Yeah. So question right back at you about kind of yours when you're first drinking. When did you first kind of like remember feeling that. Yeah. So uh, I will share
1: very safe environment. Um, I knew that I I liked tequila because I had sips of margaritas or tequila based drinks.
0: But tequila makes the clothes come off.
1: See, some people (laughs) and I think I'll just comment on that. Tequila good, tequila bad for some people. <laughs> I am lucky. I happen to be
0: tequila good. Actually, I find almost everybody has one alcohol that, that just does them in in yeah. some way, shape, or form. But anyway, I'm sorry. That's a digression. With that one.
1: being said, I remember my first exposure, and I and I was um, staying in someone else's home, and they provided a bottle of Patron. I was of age. I was 21, mm-hmm. um, and I was absolutely, you know, allowed to have a friend over and they actually left me left me a note saying, "Hey, we know you're 21. You're taking care of our home. You know, there's a bottle of Patron." And I just, you know, it was kind of wow. a gift. They didn't say I needed to drink it while I was there, but they certainly were like, kind of just saying, like, "Happy birthday!" And also, we know how responsible you are. We trust you. So you know, like, this is our acknowledgement of that. So it was interesting. Tell me, you didn't blow it. I didn't blow it. Okay, good. I didn't. I
0: thought the story was going to go dark.
1: I absolutely <laughs> had. Just past what I should have in the sense that I did get a little bit sick. Mm-hmm. And I do think that when I woke up in the morning, I felt a little woozy. Okay. It was not a all-nighter on the toilet. <laughs> it was not. And it wasn't that cuckoo bananas. But I remember just saying to myself, this is a learning moment. You feel ill. You've never been drunk before. Mm-hmm. but you did it. And I remember it was really funny when I when I shared it with my mom. No, were
0: you by yourself or your friend I, had come my over? My friend
1: came over for a part of it. Okay. So, it, you know, I mean, just to hang out. And yeah. luckily it wasn't someone that I didn't trust. Yeah. And it was a good situation. But I do remember the next day telling my mom that I craved a cheeseburger. <laughs> and she goes, Andrew, that is called a hangover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it was just this funny moment of her being like, I'm so glad you're responsible. I'm so glad that you finally have felt comfortable to do it. You're 21. You've not done it the wrong way. And then she bought me that hamburger.
0: Nice. To, to get Go, over Mom. That's awesome.
1: But it was just so funny because, I mean, and I won't lie, I've definitely seen my mom inebriated. Uh, luckily, it never was a damaging thing to her life. So blessed that that never happened and that relationship stayed clean in that way. Yes. But it, I was so lucky. I, though, was a very different child and didn't have the desire to defy. I was very, so this is kind of what I wanted to get to. And I, I I've, I've figured this out in my 30s now. I am a worrier. So mm-hmm. the substance that takes me out of control when I don't know the environment of what I'm going to be in for the next several hours until I have that control. Mm-hmm. I am not willing to take the risk because I worry too much.
0: I think that's, I mean, and I see that being a worrier, but that's just, I think, smart. You need to, get okay. that's that's <laughs> a lot of what we're talking about. People go to parties without plans for a way home. They go, you know, if, if you're not going to an environment that you know is safe and you're going to have safe transportation after, et cetera, et cetera, I think you may be crossing that line of responsibility, right, of drinking responsibly. Yeah. So I get that being a worrier, but I also want to stress, I think that's just, there's some wisdom in that, big wisdom.
1: Well, then I'm lucky because yeah. I, I had it. At a young age, and I cannot explain it. I wish other people could learn from it, but I also don't want someone to not experience what they want to experience. I, mm-hmm. I do not. My stop for that is do not endanger the life of someone else yes. or expose them to something that could that could do damage, you know, men, mental or physical. Mm-hmm. That is that is that that's it. Other yeah. than that, you are one person with one life, and you should experience what you need to. I agree. I agree 100%. So, so that's my fun story. I, but trust me, in college, I definitely had well, – where I don't know exactly how I got home that night. Yes. So it happens.
0: And it's unfortunate, but I think most of us have that story. And that's where, again, if if we set it up – so we, we may not know how we got home, but we know we were trusted yes. friends. And that's yes. how we got
1: home. Exactly.
0: That's one thing. If we're getting home and we have no idea how and it wasn't because we were in a safe environment with trusted friends – um, that's that's something we need to get away from. So. I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. But I think, like I said to you, we both said, Mark, this subject, I think, could be revisited and carved out and researched. And I, I guess just being in California of my age, my perspective may not be the most popular. Mm-hmm. But I encourage everyone to do their own research yes. and do what's right for them. My only caution is be aware of your environment. Be aware of how you're getting home and think of your safety first.
0: And do not endanger others. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, you throw that on there and that's good, yeah. And I and I agree, so, I mean, and I think to kind of wrap this a little bit is, is in everything I looked at, I mean, consumption of alcohol in moderation has rarely been questioned anywhere in time, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, if it's in moderation, again, from, the, from any of the earliest written records all the way through today, if you're consuming alcohol in moderation, and doing things smart and being responsible. I it's have you ever seen anyone question because you sat down and had a beer with dinner? No. No. Um, you know, and, and, and again, I think it's because it's so culturally invasive in every culture, almost uh, not every, but most, um, and, and everything else. So the, the key is moderation and the key is to drink responsibly.
1: Maybe a tease for a future podcast. I would love to talk about the relationship of alcohol, in the workplace, yes. and when you're being paid to be at a function, and how that interacts with our social norms.
0: Oh, and I would love to, because I've got some stories from both sides, from when I wasn't drinking, to when I was drinking, yeah. to everything in between. And, and I think, again, I mean, I, I think that there's, we've barely scratched the surface yeah. today. So, mm-hmm. so if this is something you guys are interested in hearing more of, um, if you have any other kind of feedback, mm-hmm. if you have anything else. Um, Let us know, and and we can take it down whatever rabbit hole comes up, or we'll just take it down our own. If nobody gives us feedback, we'll just go from there. Again, please subscribe, please rate us, and until next time, with emphasis, please drink responsibly. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.